This is your number one. Why do you think this quote na woman be dry? Why do you think it is an unspoken rule? Another perspective is that I feel it comes from the place of lack of patience. <laughs> it's just the societal way that people have already reason women to be like already. There are many times that women drive way, way better than men. I want us to separate this superiority thing that you're talking about. Men are always in a haste to bypass rules, while women will always want to follow rules. If you're learning how to drive, you're expected to get your learner's permit, which will cover you for a period of three months. Flick Play is the latest feature on the Flickro app. We thought that, okay, users should be able to score points when they use a particular service or a particular feature. Most of the times, when I see them to these vehicles, they use very strong groups. You're listening to only the best automotive podcast in Nigeria. All right, good evening, everyone. Uh, good day, wherever you're listening to. This is the Flickle Podcast. All right, hope your day went well. Hope your day is still going well. Uh, if you're just joining, uh, thank you very much for joining. I really do appreciate Um For you, for those that do not know what this um, podcast or what this space is about, uh, this is where we talk about things that has to do with um, automobiles, the automotive um, industry, and then how we can move it to the next level. And also how um, the, automo- the automotive industry, also for car lovers and people, you know, that want to, that deal in cars, I want to have a little bit of understanding on things that has to do with that realm. All right. Um, I am your host and uh, I have been hosting this for a while. Uh, my name is Joshua so welcome everyone uh, today's episode or today's edition is going to be a special one uh, because we have someone uh, to give us in-depth analysis into some to, into a particular topic of discuss today uh, so if you are joining and uh, you want to learn one or two things about the automobile space and then technology and how it affects you know the automotive industry stay tuned and don't go anywhere all right the topic that we will be talking about today is um the role of the role of technology in the automotive industry or better better put the role of technology in the advancement of uh, or in the advancement of the automobile industry all right and the part that technology has to play you know in taking um the automotive industry to the next level and how important it is for us to move with the trend and move with how fast technology is coming to play all right i have a guest that will be doing justice to this topic um uh, so his name is surin uh i i pray i i hope i do not I hope I pronounce this right. I hope I really do pronounce this right. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you very much for joining. I really do appreciate Surin Ketcher, right? That's correct. All right. Thank you very much for joining. All right. So Surin is a CEO Open Otters. Yes, uh, he is joining me. He is joining us from Canada, uh, Vancouver. Um, uh, a very big thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Okay. Let, let's 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 dive straight into it now. Can you can you share some insight um, about your journey into the automobile space, and then as well the role that you play in uh, Open Auto? Yeah. So uh, initially, I was uh, like a super outsider to the industry itself. Uh, my background comes from software engineering and cybersecurity, and when I first got uh, introduced to the automotive industry was uh, through my first startup where we were building voice machine learning algorithms that uh, helps the front desk uh, people, whether they were the service advisors uh, or they were the clerks at stores. And we tried to crack into the automotive industry uh, by helping repair shops streamline their communication with their uh, consumers. The problem, however, was that it was uh, under-innovated across the board, whether it was from integration support, whether it was the industry itself uh, not adapting to the technological trends or adopting uh, new tech internally. And that's where I noticed that there's a huge gap in terms of innovation in other industries versus the automotive industry. 
And uh, that's where we marched ahead building Open Auto, where uh, we are building an ecosystem uh, that connects repair shops and their customers, as well as provide infrastructure, which we hope in our future, uh, build infrastructure for, uh, for future startups to build on top of this uh, amazing uh, industry. All right, thank you very much. Let's um, um, go from what you just said now. You said there's a huge gap in um, the automotive industry. Can you highlight um, a few things, one or two things that you feel like is something that is um, actually affecting the automobile industry that you feel your company as Open Autos is here to change? So one of the, uh, the three primary concerns uh, that people face when they deal with any repair shop or when they have you know, when they deal. And and by the way, I'm biased to repair shops. The automotive industry is far beyond just the maintenance and repair. It comes to, you know, the selling of the cars and the, um, you know, the, the buying experience as well as, you know, vetting, vetting repair shops that you want to take your car to if you want to fix your car. Uh, but one of, one of the, uh, the primary components that we focus on at uh, Open Auto are providing convenience, uh, ensuring quality, as well as ensuring transparency. And I think these three components are primary to the decision-making of, of uh, consumers when it comes to choosing which shop they want to take their car to. The gap that I was talking about is due to lack of technological adoption, whether it was communication tools or whether it was uh, the ability to accurately price out certain jobs, it makes it difficult to achieve these three components. And that's what creates bad customer experience overall. Um, from what we have studied um, in, in this industry, we learned that a lot of the, the decisions uh, that you know consumers make are driven by their first encounter and their first experience. Uh, and and they usually once they you know, find a shop or choose a shop, they usually don't tend to change that shop and they go they keep going if they had a good experience. So in terms of you know to bridge the gaps in terms of communication and transparency, we have to have these tools uh, quickly available for these shoppers. But there's also a responsibility on the shop's side to to be proactive in adapting and adopting these tools. And we have noticed that a lot of the people who run these repair shops don't tend to spend the effort on, uh, on integrating these tools with their shops. But quickly we have learned that this is changing, especially in the recent years. Many uh, startups, uh, whether it was from Silicon Valley or from elsewhere, have started building more tech-driven shop management tools, and yeah. that's hopefully changing uh, the future of this industry. True, true. Um, so you, your mission um, for your company, Open Auto, yeah. is to make um, auto repair maintenance accessible to every vehicle owner at a, cl at a click of a button uh, without pondering on whether you, you should take your car or where you should take your car, you know, pondering about the pay the piles of paperwork and all of all those things. Now, how has auto auto um how has open auto um been able to achieve all of all this mission over the years? So, uh, yeah, that's that's a good question. Since we broke it down to the primary components, which we talked about, convenience, quality, and transparency, it was quickly apparent what actions we need to take as an organization, as well as what uh, tools we need to build to ensure that we achieve these primary components. So for example, for convenience, we offer free vehicle pickup and drop off. So you don't have to wait at the repair shop. You don't have to spend your entire day uh, trying to find the repair shop because we have ensured that we uh, create a network of vetted repair shops uh, that provide the quality we want to offer to our customers. So we've taken care of the quality aspect, the convenience aspect. And in terms of transparency, you get a, 
a, a very realistic estimation before the vehicle leaves your your place uh, as to how much the repair or the service is going to cost. And if you do end up uh, re receiving uh, additional services, you only choose to authorize what you think is suitable for your budget. So we have noticed that sometimes repair shops do not request authorization for certain things. And that's where the transparency pricing uh, becomes a problem. Uh, we ensure that every job, uh, if it's going to get done, it is authorized by the customer before we mm -hmm. go ahead. So if they choose to decline the jobs, uh, then they decline it. And obviously, they, if it's something that is safety-related, then they sign that, you know, I know that I'm declining a safety-related service. Um, and then once they decline it, then they will receive their car back. Okay. All right. So um, um, I, I, I want us to come back. We'll come back to this, um, talking about... Um, how open autos is actually, you know, um, advancing the automotive industry. But I want just to talk about the topic of today now, uh, which is the technological um, advancement and the technological trends. So now recently, technological trends in the automotive industry, like um, the artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, robotics, and all these things find their application in the automotive system and the automotive sector. Now, these technological advancements enable automotive, automobile companies like um, um, the automotive com companies like um, 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 Open Autos, as, as we find ourselves, um, to produce self-driven or other companies as well, to produce self-driven cars and offer multiple solutions. Now, um, for example, statistics have shown that 52% um, of new vehicles that will be sold in 2030 will be electric. Now, this brings me to ask, according to you, uh -huh. what are the top three, according to you now, what are the top three technological innovations currently re um, revolutionizing the automotive industry? And could you elaborate on how Aut Open Auto is integrating these innovative uh, innovations into its operation? Did you get a question? Yes, yeah. Okay. Uh, right. the, I think the... the, the the three most important innovations that are currently happening in the automotive industry. Uh, the first is uh, self-driving cars or self-driving technology. Uh, it's still far from actually being uh, accurate or being able to be fully self-driving. There are certain legal challenges there, uh, which will always be there. That's why these, you know, we always tie self-driving with electric, which is, you know, a natural, uh, natural integration, in my opinion. However, that's not always the case. Self-driving tech is its own domain. Uh, you know, electric vehicles is another major component, and it's another major trend, as you mentioned. Uh, but I, when self-driving cars come up with electric vehicles, they are considered as a natural integration, but they're not. You know, they are two separate things. And a lot of people think, okay, electric vehicles means self-driving cars. Uh, that might not be the case, you know, uh, that you will get electric vehicles, which you already do. Bef way before, uh, you know, self-driving is widely adopted, uh, given how legislations work out, especially in North America. Um, in terms of the third primary component is customer service, in my opinion. Um, and customer service is a component that will be quickly affected given the advancement in technologies like large language models and being able to quickly understand and take action on the concerns that the customer brings up. Uh, and this is a domain that um, I have had worked with for two years uh, prior to uh, Open Auto uh, with Vocally, the playing through this startup. And we've, you know, learned that customer service does influence decision-making in terms of what's the purpose uh, the customer is going to take A or B. So when we are uh, deciding what we're going to do with OpenAuto given these trends, we learn that uh, service availability, for example, for electric vehicles 
is is an extended period. You have to wait three weeks sometimes to get your electric vehicle service. And by service, like for example, do an inspection or, or check your suspension components and and so on. And there's a lot of uh, delay given that it's only being done through dealerships. What we have learned is a lot of independent repair shops are starting to, uh, and a lot of institutions that provide automotive repair training are starting to provide EV uh, training as well. So uh, I would uh, expect eventually every repair shop that is independent is going to have one person in their shop dealing with EVs and can maintain EVs. Uh, And that should bring down the wait times to get your uh, EV serviced. Uh, the other trend which we know uh, and we are working on as Open Auto is using technology like GPT-4 and large language models to provide um, more of a bespoke user experience based on the vehicle repair history and uh, be able to provide uh, you know, uh, exclusive as well as tailored uh, customer experience and customer support to each user on our platform. So this is how we are, and we try to push our network of shops to start to adapt these tools and be able to push them to adapt more uh, EV training. So that's how we are uh, doing it. All right. Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, Now, talking about um, technology and how technological advancement is taking over, you know, and also, um, as well as other factors or other sectors, is also as much um, having a huge impact in the automotive uh, industry. Now, do, would you say that um, technology is making uh, maintenance and repair more effective and uh, more cost effective and more efficient? And then, uh, can you share a way in which that has happened in this? In this uh, in this year and this dis- uh, dispensation, that's 2023. Um, it, are you saying uh, the question is? Are you saying that uh, technology has influenced uh, yeah. the quality so, of the repairs? Or yeah. Or... So it, the question is: is 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 technology making um, the maintenance and repair more effect, more efficient and cost effective? You know. And then yeah. in this time, yeah. And then in this time, and age, I share, um, at least just one one experience that you can see to point uh, that out. Yeah, uh, for sure. That's that's definitely is the case. Um, communication gaps don't only exist between the shops and the customers. It exists between the service advisors and the shop floor, as well as between the mechanics and between the parts suppliers, uh, ensuring that. Uh, effective communication happens between uh, the time that a job is authorized, for example, to the time that the parts are ordered and the parts are arrive is critical to the timeliness of the job completion. So technology has helped to reduce the amount of time or the amount of wait time on different instances. Um, besides the mechanics efficiency of getting that job done. So we've noticed that a lot of independent repair shops who adopt uh, online parts ordering get to finish their jobs faster because their mechanics are not waiting. The jobs are automated uh, more than you phoning the parts supplier to order your parts. So that's one way that technology has helped uh, make the repair experience for the mechanic more efficient. And that means for the end customer that they don't have to wait an extra hour because this all accumulates at the end of the day. Uh, They don't have to wait an extra hour. They get their vehicle dealt with uh, much sooner. Uh, The other component is uh, quotes and estimation. Um, Technology has created tools like, like people have created tools like all data and, uh, you know, ShopMonkey uses uh, a company called Motor to pull something called labor guides and labor times. And for those of you listening who don't know what labor guides are, they are basically uh, procedures for each repair possible for each vehicle. And you, know, you could quickly get a how-to guide step-by-step 
of what you need to do, let's say, to replace a certain component in the car. And for the person who is going to, let's say, quote the customer, they know how much labor it takes, how many hours it takes for, uh, for us to complete a certain job or a certain repair, which makes creating the quote and sending it to the customer faster. You don't have to look it up through a book and spend 30 minutes trying to find you know, the number of hours it take to do the repair. So that's how, the, 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 here, these are two ways that technology has influenced uh, the efficiency of, of job completion and job quotation. Okay, thank you very much. Now talking about the, talking about the efficiency of um, um, job, uh, um, sorry, you said the efficiency of work completion, yes. And now talking about the efficiency of work completion, um, do you do you think as as a company it has affected um or it, do you is there a way a special way that for your company um um technology or technological advancement or new tools or new mechanisms or new machines that you may have gotten would have helped you um make work faster you know for your organization you know are there tools like that that you may have gotten as a result of technological advancement that has made work faster for you as a company yeah like uh, as as i mentioned we do use tools like all data and motor for the labor guides but we also have you know we do use especially for the shops and i think this is more relevant to to the listeners we use tools like like ShopMonkey, which provides you a way to look up uh, the vehicle details and the VIN number uh, through the license plate. And you will get all the vehicle details, you know, how much fluid it takes to do an oil change right at your fingertips. And that makes it much, much faster for us to know exactly what, what the next step is going to look like uh, in the service process uh, and the service procedure. Because uh, you have this information readily available and quickly. Uh, other tools which we are uh, we will soon experiment with is augmented workspaces, and by that I mean providing augmented glasses to our mechanics in order for them to access this information even faster. You know, instead of them walking to their computer or pulling their phone, they have mm. this information ready in their corner of their eye. Um, one the integration difficulties we've noticed is that, you know, it becomes a little bit uh, too bulky for the mechanic to have it if they are actually doing the procedure. And it does not create a very uh, safe work environment. If the, you know, augmented glass falls or uh, it's an ex- expensive piece of, piece of equipment and, um, you know, you don't want to get it damaged. But you know, there are companies out there that are making more rigid AR glasses, which I think we uh, we would uh, adapt in our process. And, and this should also improve communication between the mechanics, between the service advisor, you know, your boss who tells you, okay, we got authorization to do the brakes on this car. You, you know, he doesn't have to walk all the way to you to tell you that. He can just snap his finger basically connect with you and and you're in his ear so mm-hmm. so that's few ways that i can see this happening pretty mm. you know pretty soon in the next few years mm. okay okay so I, I i also feel like um technology is is is, is rushing on us and i believe that in, in, in a couple of years um the kind of AI tools that would be available right now, that would be available for us to use, I mean, talking about the automotive um, industry, would be mind-blowing and something that we can be able to, that would be able to be more cost-effective and also more efficient compared to what we have now. Well, yes, thank you for that. Um, I would also like to ask, given the current trends and uh, um, um, advancement in technology, um, if you were supposed to choose between... Um, a hybrid or electric vehicle, which would you um, opt for and why? Um, this is a, it's, it's not a, a simple question, a, a question as, okay, a hybrid or electric. I think the options should be 
beyond this. And I think we should explore other means of creating energy to, to, to move a person from point A to point B. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if cars are the right answer as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a deeper, more, uh, I guess, philosophical question is here yeah. as to, okay, why do you need to move in the first place? And what's the most efficient way for you to move as an individual? Um, is, it, is it a vehicle? And is this just, you know, it, if it's only for means of transportation, maybe there are other more, you know, quicker, cheaper ways to achieve this. And hopefully um, that, you know, we come up with individual vehicles that might be electric, might, might have a different system. Uh, but if, if we dumb down the, I guess, the answer as to what the projection looks like, it's going to be electric. It seems to be going towards electric and uh, electric vehicles. Uh, the thing is, we still haven't solved the core power generation problem as to like, we're still burning coal to charge these EVs. If we adopt more nuclear power, for example, uh, in a safe manner, then we have cleaner ways to produce uh, electricity for these EVs. Um, the most important piece of technology EVs are going to require is battery technology. Mm. Like Tesla is not only, it's, it's, it's not really a car company. Sure, their product is a vehicle, but they are a data and battery technology company, if you really think about it. They use a brushless motor. Uh, their motor is, you know, in terms, of, in terms of technology, is not a super new technology. I'm sure BMW or other, uh, you know, car manufacturers are going to be able to produce it. However, what Tesla's got is battery technology and uh, being able to uh, create a product which happened to be a vehicle, a car, uh, that is infused with so many sensors that you are able to turn it into a smart, you know, moving data collection tool, which is what Tesla uh, Tesla cars are. Okay, all right. I, I think I also I also buy the idea when you say um, it depends on. Um, it's, it's actually not a straightforward answer because I mean talking about carbon emission and uh, which, which is which is um, which is actually gotten from you know the proper traditional hybrid um, kind of vehicles. You know now moving towards electric. We may not really have to make that particular choice because I mean both of them may have their um, pros and cons. But I think with technological advancement, it's making it easier for us to make you know decisive choices. You know, but um, let's bring it back to open autos right now. Now, open autos, I believe, provide um, a complete auto care solutions uh, to its customers along pickup and delivery of their vehicles and. all this is done from the comfort of your office at Vancouver, Canada, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. All right, cool. Now, how does Open Auto plan to unify uh, the experience and the quality of everything automotive across every city in Canada? So we have uh, quality standards in place that, that determines whether a shop that we assess could be on our network or not. Uh, the quality determined is determined on multiple factors that we go through when we are assessing every shop. And if a shop is, you know, passes, then they become part of the vetted network of shops. If they don't pass, then we don't, we just don't have them on board. Uh, it's, it's in the advantage of shops to want to be on our network because it does provide some exclusivity and, Mm -hmm. Uh, to to uh, you know to be part of Open Auto, I I don't believe that every shop ever should be on on the platform. Um, they could maybe try to be on the platform, but we dictate how the jobs are managed, and we mm-hmm. ensure that quality is maintained across across the board. Because at the end of the day, the reason people come to us, or one of the primary reasons people come to us, is that we ensure 
the quality of the service that they are getting is the highest that exists. Mm. So um, to ensure that this is the same level across you know, Canada, for example, mm. um, it's, it, we know that the training programs that exist for mechanics is pretty unified across the country and even across North America. Uh, and, you know, training in terms of vehicle maintenance and, and repairs and the diagnostic procedures is pretty, it's, it's a pretty standardized uh, process. It's just a matter of how well ex- or experienced this person is. So they could be here, they could be in Calgary, they could be in New York, it doesn't really matter. Um, uh, as long as they have the right experience and they know, uh, you know, how to provide uh, quality service. And we do standardize certain service procedures to ensure that the experience is unified as well. So the shops that we work with, they already understand, you know, what our requirements are when we, they are doing an inspection, what are our requirements are when they are doing a general service. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for that. Um, I believe that um, Open Auto is doing a very great job in Canada. We're talking about how um, they are providing um, um, quality, quality um, automobile, automotive, um, automotive, you know, services for people in Canada. Now let's talk about the soft, uh, the software. That is um, the diagnostic and the best softwares. You know, it's important that we use um, the best of the best software so that we can identify the particular problems early. You know, now um, using the best software, uh, the best diagnostic software, you can be sure that you you will receive a short summary of every issue. Now, it will also allow you to understand the severity of a problem and get detailed instructions on the steps uh, you need to take, right? The steps you need to take to solve those particular problems. Now, fl- fl- familiarity with um, diagnostics and repair software's use in modern vehicles is a huge skill gap in the automotive servicing and repair industry. Now, the question is, what five measures can you take, um, has been taken to, clo- to close this gap? What five measures do you think um, has been taken to close this gap? I think uh, it, it goes beyond just the, the available technology that the mechanic can use in order for them to arrive to what is causing the problem. Mm. Uh, one of the primary uh, you know, reasons why they, people take their car to a repair shop in the first place is not only because their car has a problem. It's a lot of the times it's because their car needs maintenance and, you know, that's routine maintenance, whether it was brakes, suspensions, uh, mechanical components. And these are pretty apparent uh, for any experienced mechanic to tell exactly what the problem is. Uh, In terms of the diagnostic procedure itself, if it's non-electric, like it's if it's non, uh, you know, if if it has nothing to do with the computer modules of the car, and uh, then you can quickly tell what could be the problem. And there's an investigative procedure that is pretty standardized, to my knowledge, at least here in North America, uh, as to how you can go by doing your diagnostic procedure when you are faced, let's say, with a unique problem. Let's say the car comes in and then they say, oh, we have a clunking noise on the front. You know, something doesn't feel right. The first thing that the mechanic is going to do is that put it on the hoist and lift it up to see and look whether the suspension components are tight. These, uh, you know, uh, thought through, you know, uh, processes are, are, are adapted by almost every mechanic and or almost every good mechanic. They know exactly where they should be looking at. You know, if you tell them that. Maintenance and mechanical is the majority of problems. Now, let's say they have a check engine light and then they come. They don't really know what it is. Uh, We do use uh, 
scan tools and quality scan tools uh, to pull the codes. But once you pull the codes, you could use the same tools like all data or more to look up what the meaning of that code is. Now, if you are an inexperienced mechanic, once you find what the meaning of the code is, then you would think, oh, that's the problem. We should replace that faulty sensor. But a lot of the times, that might not be the case. And that's where the experience of the mechanic comes in play. They might have seen it before that thinking, okay, when we replaced the sensor last time, the other component was faulty. They would check the other component first before they recommend to replace the sensor. So this is just an example. So experience plays a big role in determining the conclusion of the diagnostics, as well as the, um, you know, uh, the tools that they use uh, really just come secondary or comes as a help. It's not the primary uh, determiner of whether the mechanic will be able to find a problem or not. All right. Thank you very much. Um, experience plays a very huge part. Um, right now, I want I want to ask you a question that this is somewhat um, on a personal, you know, level. We've talked about auto. Um, we've talked about open autos. We've talked about uh, the technological advancement in automotive industry. Now, let me ask you what your preference is uh, when it comes to automobiles. Yeah. What's your preference? Uh, do you lean towards simplicity? Um, or classiness or advancement in technological features. What do you? What is your preference in automobile? Uh, my, well, I, I would prefer something that is more technologically advanced, just because I actually like to see how these, uh, you know, components are put together, and I, I do prefer the vehicles that have more technology infused uh, in them. Even though that means sometimes that they have more problems or they have uh, a greater chance of failure uh, because they have more failure points. Um, classic vehicles are, you know, are always going to be there and um, maybe for the next 20 years, but um, the definition of classic vehicles is going to quickly change. Uh, but yeah, my my personal preference, I would want to experience more technologically advanced vehicles and uh, you know see how technology is influencing the driving experience of of people. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I would sum it up. All right, um, very much myself. I would also. Uh, sway towards the technological advancement in any automotive um, vehicle or in any automobile that I decide to uh, go with. Because, I mean, as much as classiness and uh, simplicity has a part to play, well, I mean, I mean, it is the 21st century. We all want that sleek, you know, a vehicle that can do a lot of things and make life easy, you know. A lot of people in this time and age want something easy. You know, no, nobody wants to do something when you can press a button and it is done for you. You understand? All right. So I'll be opening it up to people that want to have to ask questions uh, right about now. So if you have any questions to ask, please signify so uh, we can bring you up uh, for you to ask your questions. Um, as we are doing that, let me ask you this one more question. And uh, if anyone wants to ask any question, please signify and uh, we'll bring you up to ask your own questions. Um, straight off, now this is also a personal one now. Talking from, uh, we're just talking about... Um, the preferred your preference in the automobile now just give me a little bit of insight on a lighter note what is um the name of a car that you love and you would love to own if you could oh uh you're gonna have to have a list <laughs> oh you have down. a list <laughs> <laughs> um, okay okay ready think... on me let's go <laughs> <laughs> um, I, there's there's uh, there's few vehicles that um, I, I think are, are are pretty substantial in uh, in their way that 
they have been built. There's a vehicle, when I visited San Francisco last year, there was a vehicle that can drive, but also can fly. So uh, I honestly forgot what it is. It's good fly, yeah. Like, they wow. had it demoed, and it opens up its wings, and you could actually take off. But you could also drive it if you choose to drive it. Um, that car really? is... Uh, you need a yeah, car like that in Nigeria <laughs> to skip the traffic. <laughs> um, but uh, I honestly forgot what the company's name called. They were a startup, and they had, they did have a prototype, and you know, mm. you've seen the videos, and it's, it's phenomenal. Mm. I guess uh, the the other things or the other vehicle uh, would uh, would probably be the Cybertruck. I know that it's such a nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I would want to see how other, um, you know, companies like Ford and, and, and Dodge will compete. One of the the highest sold, uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, highest sold cars in North America is the F one fifty, which is a you know a pickup truck, same as the Cybertruck, and you know it would give us an idea or at least it would give me an idea of how well they can compete uh, you know, against Tesla, who has a Cybertruck. So that's that's my other choice. I'll keep it that too. I'll keep it that too, just so we can allow the people to ask questions. All right, thank you very much. I mean, I want to ask you about one. Uh, there's a car I came across um, on a video. Um, so Sony. All right, we all know Sony, yeah? Sony just released, I mean, this year, yes, they released a prototype of their Sony Afila. All right, so what do you think about it? Because I believe it, it contains a lot of technological features. I mean, just looking at it, it screams futuristic. So what do you think about Sony Afila? Please, anyone that has a question, please signify so we could bring you up. All right, the the film I've I've actually been really looking to it. I just heard about Whoa. their release. Um, okay. Yeah, there. I think it's not a bad idea to go for SUVs, given that a lot of people buy SUVs because they have a family. So in terms of their, um, like I know that they are maybe trying to uh, mimic, you know, some of Tesla's products, but. It really all comes down to what's the technology that empowers the, the driver's experience and how it improves the comfort of the driver as well. Um, but yeah, like I've, we don't really have it here in Canada, or to my knowledge, we don't have it here in, in Vancouver. Um, but uh, I will give you my review as soon as I, I get to in, in one, I will be able to tell. <laughs> I mean, it's the car that I feel like I really need. I mean, and that one you talked about that could fly. Come on, we need that in Nigeria. <laughs> I don't know if it's too early for that type of cars, but it was a pretty, pretty neat uh, vehicle. Yeah. Mm, true. True. All right. Okay. So, please, anyone that has any question? Mary, please, can you bring up anyone that has a question so we could ask him before I ask the last question? Okay. So as a wait for people to compile that, their questions for those that want, for those that have questions, as a wait for them to um, compile their questions and as a wait for Mary to bring them up. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, final question. Okay, you have a question. I, um, good afternoon, sir. Yes. Um, I mean, the the session has been very insightful. Gained a lot. Charlie, when you were talking about your um the the different um the different technological advancements that um that you um that you're looking at um, that could revolutionize the industry in the in the, next, in the coming years. So you actually got me thinking and. So I thought to ask, um, in your own view, I mean, since you work with a lot of repair, repair shops and um, technicians, so um, looking at the future of automobile, I mean, right now, the, the future of automobile screams um, self-driving and um, electric. So 
what what would the futuristic um, repair shop look like? I mean, if you were to paint a picture, an imaginative picture of what a futuristic um, car repair shop or a car repair man would look like, what would come into your? What how would you probably describe it? Um, from your um um perspective. Yeah, good afternoon to you as well. Um, so it's going to be definitely far less dirty than what it is currently, um, in my consideration. In terms of the future, how the future mechanic is going to look like, I think they would, I don't know if we're going to have human mechanics in the future. Um, and by that, like maybe in 10 years, that could be the case. Uh, the more we advance towards, uh, you know, robotics and, and humanoid uh, robots to do certain jobs, you, your your future, you know, mechanic shop might just be a facility where you deposit your car in and then it will figure out what your problem is and based on how you describe your problem. Like right now, you could describe your problem if you go to like ai.openauto.ca, which is our own mechanic AI, you can describe the problem and then it will comprehend and understand, you know, what you're facing and give you insightful idea of, you know, what could be the problem. You know, the future might be that, you know, you, you request it and then your car starts to drive by itself to the repair shop. And then it, it gets deposited in this, in, this, uh, in this repair shop and then it will figure out, you know, based on your concern, what the problem is. And it will tell you, okay, this is the problem. This is how much it's going to cost if you want to fix it. And then on the other end, you get your car fixed. So that's, you know, that's the long-term vision. But, you know, it might not be too far from us seeing this in real time. Um, in terms of the near future, I guess the more uh, shops adapt, uh, EV maintenance, uh, the less dirtier they get, uh, just because there's not any, any oils. Or You're going to have other types of fluids, like brake fluids and such, but it's going to look a little bit less dirty. The mechanics uh, evolution is going to go toward more augmenting the mechanic with maybe hourglasses or other types of tools that is on them all the time. Um, besides their mechanical tools, you know, their pry bars or their other tools that they use. Um, but the industry itself is, I think it's going to see a quick jump. And this is going to come from tech companies who are building in this space. It's not going to come from repair shops. Or it's it's also unlikely to come from parts, you know, tool providers like Snap-on or the others. The industry leaders are going to be tech, are going to be tech companies. I don't have a doubt in that. All right, thank you very much for that. Um, in the absence of any other question, um, I think I'll just ask one final question and then we uh, call it a day. Uh, so the question is, um, the current decade has, has seen numerous advancements in how individuals, you know, use and interact with their vehicles, you know, and uh, their cars and all of all those things. Now, can you point out one of such innovations that you are particularly excited about? You know, one of such technology innovations that you're particularly excited about. I, yeah, I, I, I briefly mentioned about the role of uh, like technologies, tools like GPT-4 or technologies like large language models are going to have influence on the customer experience uh, in the automotive space. And um, I... I, as I said, I am biased toward talking about uh, the repair and maintenance experience, but this will influence uh, vehicle purchasing decisions as well for customers. You know, people are not going to need to talk with a salesperson who's trying to squeeze them into buying one car over the other. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, I expect uh, seeing uh, development towards helping people make better decisions when it comes to purchasing vehicles and purchasing cars. And by using technology like large language models or tools like GPT-4, mm -hmm. uh, then we're going to be able to accelerate 
uh, achieving this uh, you know, unique customer experience. Um, I think overall the customer experience is going to be far better, far greater, and far more difficult to conceive. Uh, all right. All right. Thank you very much. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah. So this year we'll be joining for today's um, edition or today's episode or today's um, Twitter space. I'm sure we have um, learned one or two things um, from uh, the topic today: the role of technology in uh, the advancement of. Uh, the automotive industry, the role technology, uh, the role technology plays. Right, many thanks to our guest, um, Sorin Ketcho. Uh, thank you very much for making our time to be here. All right, we really do appreciate. All right, to everyone that tuned in. Yes, thank you. All right, to everyone that's listened in, uh, a very big thank you to everyone. Uh, thank you for joining. Uh, you can as well follow us. On Twitter, we are that car fixer on Twitter, on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. We are Flickwell. Yes, Flickwell uh, is uh, the name. And uh, wherever you see us, you know we are that car fixer. Whenever you have a problem with your car, uh, you don't have so much money to fix it. You call on us. We will definitely, most definitely answer you. All right. Thank you very much for hanging out here with us. I'm sure you've learned one or two things from today's edition, uh, from today's episode. Uh, we'll be here again uh, to give you good content that has to do with uh, the automotive industry, uh, that has to do with cars, vehicles, traffic, everything that has to do with uh, uh, the automotive industry. All right. I have been your host and I remain your host, the Radio Paragon, the Mike Verbalizer. They call me the Radio Lover Boy. My name is Joshua Ike Mercury. Thank you very much for staying tuned and good night. Take care. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you.